2: Civics 101 is supported in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. The Electoral College votes which occurred today reflect the fact that even in the face of the public health crisis, unlike anything we've experienced in our
3: lifetimes, people voted, they voted record numbers.
4: Hannah, of the many, many questions that we've received over the last few months and episodes we've made in response, there is one topic that has dominated over all the others the Electoral College.
2: And it's not surprising. The 2020 election, like many elections before it, brought conversations about the Electoral College to the fore. But we've already done a big ol' episode on the Electoral College for our Starter Kit series. That
4: we did, Hannah. That we did. But before we close the book on the complicated system of how we vote for the people who vote for the president, I'd like to introduce you to Neil. My
3: name is Neil Walter-Young. I am a teacher at Lawrence High School in the Fairfield, Maine. Go Bulldogs.
4: Neil is a member of our cabinet. Uh, That's a group of educators from across the country who are designing lesson plans to pair with our episodes. And he wrote me a lovely email about our Electoral College episode. He said that every year he has a lengthy, healthy debate in his class about the pros and the cons of the Electoral College system. And he wanted to share some of those points with us, Uh, some ideas that didn't make it into that episode. And he wanted to fix something we flat out got wrong. So that's what we're gonna do today. I'm Nick Capodice.
2: I'm Hannah McCarthy.
4: And this is an addendum to our episode on the Electoral College.
2: We got something flat out wrong. We gotta start with that.
4: In the episode, a guest misspoke and said that Maine and Nebraska each have two congressional districts.
3: And this is just Maine pride showing through even our own public radio misses this one sometimes, so it's always hit. Maine has its lowly two, only two representatives in the House. Uh, Nebraska, you know, getting bigger, has three.
2: Got it, unless Maine has four electoral votes and Nebraska, five. All right, what's next?
4: The second point Neil made is that since we released the episode, there's been a 2020 Supreme Court ruling, Chiafalo v. Washington, that affects the Electoral College.
3: Mr. Chief Justice, may it please, this Court, the the question in these cases is straightforward. Do the states have the power to control through law how an elector may vote?
2: This is the case regarding faithless electors, right? Electors who vote for a candidate other than the one who won the state.
3: Yeah. In the uh, Chiafoe ruling, what the Supreme Court said is that states can choose to force the hand of the electors in a number of ways. But what it makes clear is that this idea of uh, faithless electors, those can be a thing of the past there are many states in which there is no punishment whatsoever and even those where there is a punishment it tends not to be more than a thousand dollar fine if we're in a close election and someone can switch and the slap on the hand is a thousand dollars that doesn't act as a really good bulwark against any funny business happening
2: so neil is arguing that the chiafalo ruling stops any Bunny business, as he put it, and could put an end to faithless electors, which would mean that electors would have to vote for the candidate who won the state no matter what they feel.
4: Unless the candidate died before the electoral vote.
2: But there is still the argument to be made that the framers wanted an elector to be able to be faithless, to generally be guided by the vote of the people, but to be able to make a judgment call on who to vote for.
4: Right. But if you're someone who's all about the popular vote, it is hard to also be someone in favor of faithless electors because they're voting against the will of the people of that state. And this brings us to our third and final point of Neil's.
3: This is funny. I didn't realize it was like a, a legitimate rebuttal. <laughs> to that episode <laughs> I hope any of the presenters on that people who are legitimately many times more intelligent than I am so um in the last episode it made it seem that the only argument for keeping the like poll college is that it ensures smaller states have a say in the process but there are really many more areas of debate and reasons um than just about this small state idea If we think back to the Constitutional Convention, we think of the greatest minds uh, at the time coming together to develop this new nation, and they were able to come to an agreement on beautiful solutions to many difficult problems. We see federalism, we see separation of powers. And then when they're getting to the end of deciding how to elect their president, no one likes the solution. Right. It's thrown out. Should it be a direct popular vote? And they're Like, no, 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 this isn't going to do. Uh, what about if we give it to Congress? And they're like, no, that gets rid of separation of powers. And they end up leaving for the weekend. They leave it to a, a committee to come up with a solution. And the solution they come up with is Byzantine. It's complicated. It has all these different inner working parts And essentially what they decide is that this will be good enough because we all already know that Washington's gonna be president. So whatever the kinks are in this system, they'll be worked out
4: as time goes along. Neil pointed out to me that early on, some states like New York, didn't do a vote of the people at all the state legislature appointed electors until 1820. it wasn't until 1828 that this idea that the people's vote should influence who the electors pick for president became a national norm
0: is america's primary system working is the electoral college still the best process for electing a president could a third party candidate ever be successful in a new season of you might be right former tennessee governors bill haslam and phil Bredesen Gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.
4: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
1: Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends.
3: A lot of the discussions we have about the electoral college today are rooted in why don't we just use the popular vote so i think it's helpful to remind ourselves that throughout history when do you even have a popular vote is it 1828 when only white males can vote albeit white males don't need to own land anymore at that point is it after we pass the 15th Amendment.
4: The 15th Amendment, by the way, prohibits the federal government from denying a citizen's right to vote based on, quote, race, color or previous condition of servitude.
3: Is it after the 19th Amendment? And now women are, are their right to vote is being protected against states who would deny them that right. Is it up through the 1960s, where we're talking about again, 10 percent uh, of African-Americans being registered to vote in Mississippi. So when we talk about popular vote, we should understand what we mean by that term and kind of what standard we'd like to set to feel comfortable for. There has never been an election where the majority of the American people have voted
4: for a specific candidate.
2: Wait, what does he mean by that?
4: Let's take 1968 as an example.
0: On our board showing the popular vote, Hubert Humphrey is still ahead, but barely. They're Each now has roughly 41%. Humphrey has a lead.
4: That election, Richard Nixon versus Hubert Humphrey had the highest turnout in modern history, with 60 percent of eligible voters voting. Nixon won the popular vote by less than one percentage point. And we don't know how that other 40 percent of people would have voted. If we replace it, what are we comfortable
3: with to ensure that if a candidate We have five, six, seven candidates, such as think about elections in the recent past in Mexico, where you do have candidates winning with 23% of the vote, and then step back and say, what percentage of eligible voters even participated? And then you start getting down to very, very small percentages of the entire country's population. And does that still lend as much legitimacy in the eyes of voters?
4: And that hypothetical switch to a
3: popular vote system is also pretty tricky. Another thing that comes in is that the electoral system is handled at the state level, right? And this is one of the hard parts about the Electoral College, is it's really difficult to change one part. You kinda have to change multiple parts that come together. So if we change to a popular vote, how is that regulated through each state? Because every state does its elections a little bit differently. Who's allowed to vote? Felons being a fantastic example. Can you vote from within jail? Right, as you can in the state of Maine and Vermont. Uh, Are there voter ID laws in your state? Can you have no excuse absentee ballots or do you need an excuse? So we'd have to figure out how do we ensure that the requirements in each state are the same, giving up some power to the federal government. Is that a good thing, a bad thing?
2: I am truly grateful that Neil brought these issues up. I'm going to be up all night thinking about this.
4: Me too. And it was especially helpful to hear from somebody who has this debate in his classroom year after year. I, I, I have no idea what the right answer is. It's,
3: it's one of those things where I really have no clue, electoral college, good or bad. It's one of those things where you kind of get stuck in the mud a little bit where you're like, well, I know what the problems are, you know, the devil, you know, and then just enough unknowns about if we go to popular vote, uh, enough that make me nervous of what are we going to find out um, about this after it's in
4: place. So there's the addendum to our electoral college episode. By the way, if you're interested in the work of the cabinet, which is our advisory board of teachers, we're releasing their Civics 101 activities at civics101podcast.org slash lesson plans. All right.
1: Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.
0: Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last.